Welcome to this Christmas edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. We have a packed house here in the studios this evening. Not only have we got a full panel with a guest uh, on board. Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, Barry. Excellent. We've also got an audience. Hello, audience. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're not yet in the Christmas spirit, despite being clad with alcohol and, and mince pies and other stuff. Anyway, like I can say we've got quite a quite a big uh, panel and audience. Our usual crews here. We've got Mick. Evening, Barry. All right. Gareth. Hello. Adam. Hello. Simon. Hi, Barry. Paul Hello. and Rob. Good evening. And we've even got Dan on the camera. Hello. Hey. And like I was saying, we've got Jonathan from Wigan Athletic Football Club, who is the chief executive of the of, uh, Pass Duties, isn't it? Uh, it is <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll be discussing all manners of things this evening. Anyway, without further ado, we'll start as we always start. We'll have a look back at the Barnsley game. And Gareth, have you got some stats from us? For us, not from us. Boris. Yes, the stats from the game, Burnsley versus Wigan Athletic. Possession, Burnsley managed 45% and Wigan Athletic managed 55% attempts. Burnley had 7, Wigan 6. On target, Burnsley didn't manage any, Athletics had 3 on target. Corners, Burnsley 2, Wigan 5. Burnsley committed 7 fouls to 16 by the Latics. The Latics got 2 yellow cards, Burnsley none, nobody got a red. And it was a 2-0 away win. Excellent, excellent. Anybody go? Apart from myself and Adam. Was aware. You go, Jonathan. I was there, yes. Yeah, so what, what did you make of it from, from a fan's point of view? Because, I mean, before we, we continue, you first and foremost, you are a, a supporter of the club, aren't you? I am. For 40 years I've been a fan, so I've been in, I was there from, from the Northern Premier League, right up to Barnsley on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So, so from a, a fan's perspective, I think it was... Um, it was a much needed win after a little bit of a, a blip um, for the last three games. Um, it was a surprising team selection, I think. Um, certainly raised a few eyebrows when uh, we saw the team sheet at two o'clock. Um, but they came out in, a, in a, a different formation than we've been playing recently. Played very well, I thought first half we were excellent. And scored a good goal uh, from uh, Andy Kelly on his uh, first team league debut mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, went on and won it in the last 10 minutes when uh, Mr Wildshut came on and uh, scored the second goal so yeah I think, I think it was a good way to start the Christmas period with, a, with, a, with three points and back up to fifth place Excellent Do you know we've, uh, we've never lost in the league to Barnsley? That's right yeah but we've never beat them in the cup I believe No but we've uh, not dropped a point against them since 1979 is the last time we dropped a point in the league we drew nil nil the first time we played them, didn't we? And then in seventy eight. Yeah, seventy eight, seventy nine season. That, then we're the only time we dropped a point. Mm. We've only played play them twice since that. Well, <laughs> no, we've not. I think we've met six times altogether, and uh, it's hundred percent from then on. So it's quite good. Yeah, it's a good record to keep hold of. Oh, Alan, what did you make of the game? I thought it was a breath of fresh air after the game at Blackpool. Um, I thought it played very well. I was a bit surprised to see six defenders on uh, on the pitch, but. Gary Caldwell, tactical genius again, and it worked out. Andy Kelly played superbly in a new position. I think he looked like he could play it every week the way he played, and I think two 0 victory could take us well into the Boxing Day game. I think pushes up the league a bit. Mm. Kelly played well, didn't he? he? Did very well. Yeah, first half especially. Could have scored again in the second half, three one and one. Anybody, anybody in the audience was there on, on Saturday? 
What did you make of it? Johnny, you didn't go no John, I was looking beyond beyond you. I didn't know <laughs> yeah. Second half of it. Eased off a bit. Yeah. Mm. Well Burnsley came more into the game after half time. They, they changed things around a little bit, didn't they? Uh, <coughs> Lee Johnson's a good manager. Uh, he's a good manager, Lee Johnson. Gets his teams playing nice football. He did with uh, uh, with definitely with Oldham. Where was he before Oldham? He was one of the low was it Torquay or somewhere like Bristol that? Bristol City. Was it Bristol City? Yeah. Um, not, not a bad manager. Quite young, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, it's two young, young, young managers come face to face. Uh, no shots on target from, from Barnsley. Good, isn't it? We're restricting safe end to something similar, don't we? Mm. We went there, they'd scored an apple the game before, and it was a, that was a pleasing clean sheet, as is this one. Uh, I mean, I think safe end paused a bit more of a threat, because I think they'd scored five goals a few days before we went there, but another clean sheet, so boards well for the next few games coming up, doesn't it? It does. One of, one of the surprising things that a uh, uh, team selection, what you mentioned there, Jonathan, was that Andy Kellett was in, but also Craig Morgan. It was only the day before that Gary Caldwell was saying he's going to be out until the new year. So that was <laughs> yeah, I think playing your cards close to your chest. Yeah, yeah, sometimes managers do that, don't they? Yeah. I think he trained in the week, but it, I think it, even Gary thought it would be too early for him on Saturday. But to prefer Craig um, put himself forward to play, and uh, and I think the back three were excellent. Um, Craig Morgan, Jason Pearce, and, and uh, Donovan Daniels really set the tone. They put the bodies on the line. They blocked the shots. The reason why they didn't have any shots on target first is because every single shot seemed to be blocked by the, the, the back three. Um, and I think that really set the tone for the, for the rest of the team and uh, set the platform for um, for a very solid defensive performance. Jason Pearce was uh, booked after a couple of minutes, weren't he, for like a bit of an innocuous challenge, really, just like a bit of a tug on, on, on one of the players. But then, I think it was the second half, he put one challenge in where he... <laughs> My, I was in my mouth. But the referee didn't even give a free kick, did he? He went straight through the back of uh, a band's of play and lifted him up in the air. In the Premier League, day, all day long, it's a yellow card, isn't it? But you just get away with so much in here, in this league. And when Yannick came on, the first challenge he, he faced was exactly the same. He was stood on the, on the dead ball line, weren't he? And the band's of play came flying in from behind. Got a call. It was, it, that was a booking all day long as well, I thought. Um, it, it could be. It's, it's, I mean, the, it's difficult for referees. They, they have to give it as they see it, and uh, um, they're only human. But I have to say, yeah, there was a couple of challenges that were quite robust that didn't get punished. Um, but I think the first ten minutes, Barnsley put us under quite a bit of pressure actually, and I was a little bit concerned. There was a good header, weren't there, early on? Yeah. Well, a good chance by your, by an error, but the, uh, you'll see just managed to collect it. Yeah, and I think. Um, we did well to survive that period, and then after that, I thought we were quite comfortable. Yeah, it was a com- at the end. It was a comfortable two 0 win. Uh, Yannick's goal. Did you make of that, Adam? Surprising because I didn't actually see him until he <laughs> clipped the ball. I don't think they realised how quick he was, which is silly after what he's been doing in the past few weeks. But it's a bit of a mistake from the defender, even if the keeper weren't there. Mm. But they were looking for a free kick, <coughs> weren't they? Because the defender had punched Alex Ravel in the back of the head. Because if, if I watched that challenge and he jumped up and he actually punched Ravel in the back of the head and then went down and rolled in his own head. But the referee obviously, he was on Johnny on the spot, he saw it and he like, I thought he did alright, it said Stockbridge, he, he was a, he's a police officer, he did alright. Um, and he allowed play on, did he? And, and they were just sort of stood around, weren't they? Yeah, they didn't know what to do. No. 
So you've only seen the highlights, like, but Yannick was awake and everybody else was expecting a free kick, weren't they? Excellent opportunity goal. Fantastic. You leave him awake in that position in the field, you're not going to catch him, are you? You're not, no. So, any, any comments on Barnsley from, from the panel? I, I've got a question for Jonathan. You said that it was a, a bit of a surprising selection. Is that a surprising selection as a fan? Or as a chief executive, would you have some kind of insight when something like that might be coming along? Um, as a fan, it was a surprise. Um, I do get an insight because I speak with Gary on a daily basis and, uh, and also the chairman as well, David Sharp. So we kind of have an idea um, what, the, what the team will be. We don't know exactly because it can change. Um, but we had, yeah, we, we, we had some inside information, let's say. So, uh, but I think it was uh, it was quite uh, it was quite a surprise to Barnsley, that's for sure. Because I think when they saw the team sheet, they, they were they, like everybody else. They looked at it and thought, "Can't put this out again." Until until the team set up at at, at, uh, at three o'clock, exactly what the, the shape was going to be. And, that, and that's quite useful, actually, you know, because teams do an awful lot of work on opposition analysis um, to see how they played in the last few games and they won't have seen that formation before and they won't have seen uh, Andy Kelly play in that position so uh, they were taken a bit by surprise and it took them a while to adapt to it in the first half once once we got over that first five minute spell. There was another surprise in the on the team sheet and that was Lee Nichols straight back into the um, squad the weekend was that down to an injury because I know he had a bit of a mixed fortune into he at Bristol Rovers when he was out on loan um, so that was a bit of a surprise seeing O'Donnell going in the uh, squad for the game yeah is that a question to me yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, we got three good goalkeepers haven't we and, and I think Lee had come back really positive from Bristol Rovers where it played every game that he was there um, and the results have picked up while, while he's been there as well, especially over the last month or so. So he came back really strong um, and Gary obviously felt that it, he would benefit from, from uh, sitting on the bench at Barnes, which, which is great for Lee because he needs, you know, he needs game time and it's good if he's back in, back in the fold. Yeah. Talking to Lee Nichols, um, the manager down at, at Bristol Rovers said that he might be making a phone call to see if we could get Lee Nichols back in because he said his, every, each week his, his performance has improved and improved and improved so obviously he's got to run the games and, and they need that don't they confidence and get rid of, rid of the, the rustiness anything in the window that's that happening or can we not say that this um, there's nothing <coughs> nothing certain yet at the moment um, mm -hmm. we'll see where, where January takes us and um, as I said we've got three good goalkeepers at the moment and you can only keep two of them happy and ultimately only one of them's happy because he's playing so mm -hmm. it's, it's a matter of uh, trying to keep players happy and, uh, and if necessary they go out on loan to, to play especially goalkeepers mm -hmm. So that, that result on Saturday left us uh, was it 10 points now behind Gareth? 8 eight. 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 8 behind Burton and uh, what we off Gillingham not for off Gillingham are we? 5 I think 4 Four Gilling points. Gillingham have got 41 points yeah. in third place and Latix have got 37 points sat in fifth place at the moment. So it's pretty tight isn't it and we've got, we've got them coming up on the horizon as well haven't we, the TV game. So uh, it's all to play for and this is where it starts isn't it, this is where it starts. Well, I think we were saying last week weren't we, if you, if you put the, if you, if you took the results and jiggled them about and put the position as we are, we'd be happy. It was just 
purely last week because we'd had that little bad run that we were feeling down. I mean, you're fifth having put a squad together from scratch, heading into the second half of the season. You should be all right if you start, you know, if you strengthen up a bit maybe and, and go from there. Yeah, well, talking of which, um, if, if uh, I'd like to open some questions from the floor to Jonathan, if anybody uh, would like like to come in, but let me go first. I've noticed there on the on the uh, club's official website that they've, um, they've quoted you as saying uh, the January transfer window preparations continued as negotiations with two cl- clubs have progressed with the intention of agreeing transfer deals early in January. <laughs> Sounds very exciting, that. Um, that's, I think that's uh, an extract from my programme notes, or from Saturday's programme. It is, yeah. Um, I, I, I've changed it this, this year um, to make it more of a diary form. So, to, to me, I think it's important that we're very transparent and, 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 and uh, that you know, we communicate really well with supporters. Um, I haven't seen it elsewhere, this kind of format, um, but I've had a lot of good comments, you know, the, the, the fact that people can see what happens on a day-to-day basis at the football club. One of the Nationals has commented on it today, and on the National newspaper, one of the broadsheets, saying that, that, that we're up for an award because of in, initiatives like this. Yeah, and, and I think what's happened is that uh, it's uh, it's been extracted from the programme notes, put onto the website, um, and that's probably where you picked it up. It from. is, yeah. Um, and I, th- I suppose it highlights that, that, that extract, highlights the fact that transfers aren't done in you know in, in a matter of hours on the day that, it, that it's announced that they take a, quite a long time to, to progress and sometimes they don't go anywhere sometimes they fall over at the end sometimes they are done very quickly but most of them um, are started with a, with a phone call between either the, the two clubs or the agent um, and those kind of things are happening on a day-to-day basis especially now as we lead into January in the, the transfer window so you, you know, we could, we were inquiring about players at other clubs. Um, we're speaking with agents, and, and we're getting phone calls about our players as well. So um, it would be wrong of me to name names at this point, yeah. um, as you'd expect. Uh, but yeah, there are things bubbling under. I don't think we need to do uh, anything uh, too uh, significant or, 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 or earth-shattering in January. I think that the team is is. He's coming together well now. We've, we've put a good run of results together, um, and I don't think we're, we're weak in any area. Um, we've got strength in depth when you compare ourselves to our rivals. Uh, but there's a, we're always looking to improve the squad, and I think that's what you try and do at the end of every transfer window. You make sure that you're better than you were at the start of the window. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Without naming names, obviously you say you don't want to name names, but is it, would it be a new face or would it be, uh, <laughs> or would that be wrong to comment on that as well? There's lots of, lots of discussions going on at that. You're talking to a professional. <laughs> um, just on the, on the note. What was you talking to me then? Sorry, I thought no, no, I said you were talking to a professional. On, the, on that note, what's been your favourite bit of business that you've done in the last 12 months? Be that for ease or if it was, or <laughs> yeah, I think we've got rid of. Or <laughs> <laughs> I think we've done about sixty odd transactions in the last twelve months from the first of January last year, um, and, and that has been too many really for for any football club. It shows the the kind of um, year that we've had. Really, um, you'd normally expect a quarter of transactions, a quarter of that number. So we've been very busy. Um, some of them 
haven't been particularly um, things that we expected to do, especially last January. Um, but um, with with the position we were in last January, it was something that we felt was necessary. It was also um, something that we was was led by the players as well. A lot of the players felt that they wanted to move on last January. So. Um, looking over the past 12 months, I, I suppose that it's, it's difficult to pinpoint one, and, 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 I, and I think it would be unfair to, but certainly some of the players that we've brought in in the summer uh, have been very good, and I think the amount of players that we've got in in a short amount of time, um, we've, we've, been, we've been very pleased with the, um, the performances that we have of a virtually new team. Yeah, well, I mean, we've, we've, we've rebuilt massively in January, didn't we? All we tried, and then to do the same again in summer, except this time it appears to have pretty much worked, doesn't it? Well, it's certainly working a lot better than it did in January, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think it's easier to, to do it when you've got a pre season um, and also at League One. Last January, it's difficult to, to make that many changes in January mid season when you're at the bottom of the Championship, as we were, or next to the bottom of the Championship. Um, but we felt we had to do something to try and arrest the, the, the run of results we were in. So, but it, yeah, I, I prefer to concentrate on the, on the positive aspects of the last mm. last six months. And, uh, and so I think some of the some of the loan deals that we've done have, have been good and been successful. Um, and and they uh, they sometimes become permanent deals um, in in the long run. So we'll have to wait and see. So uh, we're uh, we're a forum that have often um, advocated the. The growth of place from within, nurturing the talent ourselves. Mm. Can you can you share any any good news with us about what is actually just around the corner with our youth set up or whatever? Any bright prospects there? Yeah, I, I think I can because um, we've been we've been investing more heavily in our in our academy for the last five years, and 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 I think we're seeing the the, the start now of of the development of those players. Mm. So they they we feel that we we've 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 recruited really good staff, good coaches. Uh, as Greg O'Reilly, as head of academy, we've got somebody who's experienced in, in that role. We've had great success at Coventry City, um, and over those five years, we've now got the the under 18s, the youth team, who are um, top of the league. Uh, they're in the fourth round of the FA Youth Cup, and and I, I watch a lot of them because they play on Saturday morning at Robin Park. We've got we've got a really good group of, of promising youngsters there. Um, in all positions, uh, but it's difficult. It's a really competitive area to try and develop young players. You only have to look at, at, at how many young players get into Premier League sides, and, and they spend an awful lot of money on youth development, um, and it, it, with mixed success. Uh, and it's a it's a problem for English football at the moment because the the, the, the young talented players aren't breaking through for the first team. And I think at our level, it's it's easier to do that, and, and players get a lot more opportunity in that, as we've seen. Tim Cho and Ryan Jennings is doing well now at Cheltenham. Uh, we've had Jordan Flores come come in and score a score a goal on his debut. So the, there's there's you can see the signs that our academy are now producing players that are at the level to be first team level. But there's no point putting academy players in because they're not good enough. No. Because we'd all like to see our our, yeah. our academy players play, but if they're not good enough, then we're not going to get good results from playing those players. Then we can't do it. We can't we can't risk that. So. But sometimes, you know, you only find out whether they're good enough when you put them in. And, uh, and 
and I think it, it's good that we're actually seeing our, our players get into the first team now because it's been a long time since Leighton Baines and Callum McMahon did it and, uh, and now we're seeing signs that it will happen more often uh, and as I said certainly with the, with the under eight teams we've got high hopes for, for a number of players yeah. I mean I think piggybacking up far I mean, <clears throat> as I've seen you at Charlie before Sam Cosgrove uh, was only made his debut and you can see you know, that there is, there is talent there and that he will go on to perhaps you know, grace the first team because he was very you know, playing the way that we play on a Saturday getting in and around and wanting the ball looking for the ball and it is good to see you know, one of our own players coming through the ranks and playing for you know, a team that are looking to push on mm-hmm. in the lower leagues Yeah, it's a, it's a massive step going from, from the development squad um, and the youth team to, to first team football to, to senior men's football it's a massive step because however much we try and replicate real football at development squad level it's very very difficult and uh, and it's it's invaluable experience for these players to go out there and, and play at Jolly and Daniel Bryan at Wrexham uh, as I said Ryan Jennings at, at Cheltenham these are, this is really good experience for them because all of a sudden they need those three points on a Saturday and they, they, need to, they can't let the teammates turn whereas when you playing development football it's more about developing players, developing uh, tactics rather than the results. And, uh, and uh, yeah, Sam, I'm sure Sam will benefit from playing at Chorley. They may play a different way to the way that he's played in the development squad uh, and at Wigan Athletic, and he'll have to learn to, to adapt to that. But that's all part of, of the development. Alex Ruth, I was going back and noticed. Going back to Kurt, did they recall him, or was it? It was a bit vague on, on the website. I think it was a mutually agreed. Yeah. Um, uh, situation. Um, I think uh, Alex was was staying up here on his own, away from his family, um, and I think Cardiff were keen to take him back. Um, and so I think it was it was a, a mutually agreed thing. I think Alex <coughs> did, did well when he was here. He's, he scored a, a goal and earned us three points, which was good. Brought something different to the team. Bad work, I didn't say. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, I think it was a, uh, for the time he was here, he, and he, he was a, he was a great character as well in, in the squad. So, you know, very very confident uh, player. So uh, yeah, and he added a, uh, a different dimension to, to our play. Francisco, has he uh, gone back for a bit of treatment? Yes, going, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he's, uh, sometimes when players are injured on loan, especially younger players, they go back to the parent club to be treated and um, recently with Donald Love at uh, Manchester United as well so that's what's happened with Francisco Donald Love what a player he is good how old is he 19 or 21 I think he's uh, just turned 21 oh that was good as I thought that was a cracker joke that. Um, John Joe Kenny he, he went back he, he made a good start with us uh, was that due to them being shot of Leighton Baines and Coleman and one or two others he had some injuries at full back didn't he I don't know really. Um, play when you've got players on loan, you're always susceptible mm. after the initial 28-day period or, or whatever the, the, the agreement is that, uh, that the players return when, because the parent club wants them to return and they don't have to give you a reason. But um, yeah, he did well while he was here and, and he returned to, to Everton. I, I don't think he's um, he's got close to the first team since he's got back, but he's uh, obviously playing in the development squad. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Sean Murray's gone back, I'm just trying to think about the loans. Sean Murray's gone back, went back early. He did yeah, all right, didn't he? He never really, never really broke into the no. first team and made a, a, the, the shirt his own. Um, mainly played in the JPT and, and a couple of league games. But yeah. uh, um, I think I think Watford 
you know, realised that he wasn't playing as, as much as he wanted, they wanted him to, um, and so it was beneficial for him to go back. Yeah. Sorry, can I, I'm getting fed up with old soundings, mate. <laughs> I really am. No, sorry, to put you on the spot here now, John. To put you on the spot. Why, why do we have to have so many loan signings then? Why do we have to have so many loan We don't have to have so many loan signings. Loan why, why do we choose to do it then? Well, we, we, we're certainly no different to any League One and League Two clubs. Yeah. Um, it, it's, um, it's, it's a good way of um, freshening up the squad. Um, after this season, um, it'll be more difficult to do because the emergency loan system is changing and we're falling into line with all the other clubs in, in UEFA um, and you'll only be able to make loan signings from window to window so yeah. after September that'll be it, you won't be able to sign any loan players until January. Um, but it, it, it gives you that flexibility, obviously you can't do it in the Premier League but you can do it in the Championship and League One and, and, and uh, football league clubs do make use of the loan system because you know like if, if we're short of a, a, a right back or a right wing back and there is a player available at Manchester United who would improve our squad. You're not committing to a three-year contract. Um, you, you're only signing a player on a short-term deal. If it doesn't work out, you haven't got any further commitment to that player. Um, and, and, and so it can, it can be beneficial. Sometimes it, it, it can work against you because you can sign a player that turns out to be really, really good and if you've only got him on loan, you, you haven't got control of that player and, and, and he goes back to his current club. Ideally, you want to own your players, you want to develop them as assets um, and you want to keep hold of them because ultimately you're developing players for other clubs and that's not an ideal situation. But in the short term, it can be, it can be beneficial for both clubs and the player. You see, if I was a player at Wigan Athletic and I was a fringe player, not actually breaking through into the first team, but yeah, I was, and some, some lad was signed on a month's loan. I'd feel really miffed, I really would. Because I, either I'm being told I'm not good enough to get in the squad, and then after a month this fella moggies off back to his parent club, and I've missed game time. Do you not feel as though some of these loan signings do have a little bit of a negative, overall negative effect on, on team morale, or... Squad? Not on team morale. I mean, players are always happy when um, quality players are coming into the squad because it's improving the, 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 the team potentially um, and, and uh, helping us get better <coughs> results. That's, that's the plan. And whenever you sign a loan player, you're expecting them to play in the team. You're not really signing a loan player to just be part of the squad. It's, it, it, that's not generally what happens. But ultimately, we, as a football club, we have to try and get the best team on the park to get the best results and, and however we do that, whether it's by, by uh, permanent signings, which ideally we want to do, signing good young players with the development potential, or bringing in short term loans for that short period. And sometimes you, you sign players you know, for the, for the full season and, and I think there's a big benefit to doing that because you know you've got them for the full season. <coughs> Even Premier League clubs sign players on loan. Oh yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, yeah. Emma Hughes, is he uh, is he one that we've that we're gonna bring back something in the summer? I know he's our player because he's only gone on loan. Is it something that we're gonna look at? I know he didn't want to play in League One because of his uh, international this summer. Was it with with Wales? He wanted to go to France, and he was worried about that. Wales Greeks going into Northern Ireland. He's still in League One, but 
is he? He's well said. Is he, he's not cut all time. Oh no, absolutely yeah. not. No, he's still still our player. Still under contract with Wigan Athletic, and will return to to Wigan at the end of the season at the latest. Right. right before we move on, is there any questions? Anybody'd like to ask? Well, we'll go back to that used one then. <coughs> <laughs> if he had played a bit better and we're in the championship, perhaps we might not have gone down. He was injured though. Not was all the time he was, but he did play sometimes when he was rubbish. <laughs> why why do you suddenly bend oh, over back? Why don't you suddenly bend <laughs> over backwards and then go out on loan and then do what he wants to do? Is that a question to me? Yeah. Well anybody. Uh, I don't think they deliberate, the players deliberately uh, play badly. Um, I think there was quite a few, weren't there? That's no, it's not in right. nature. If you've ever been involved in a, in a club you know, as a player or, you know, like in my experience, you, no, that's what makes them professional. There's that inside, that, that inner desire to yeah, win. There's quite a one professional phrase as well, mate. I think you, it's, it's, it's a sport. You don't go on the field to lose. You don't. It, it, it's just, no. It's just one of them things, no matter whether you get on with the manager or not. You know. Yeah, that's what it should be. Yeah, I agree, it should be like that. I, I, I agree with Mick that you don't go on the field to lose, but if your heart's not in it, yeah. you can, you set out to win. But if, it goes badly. You're not made it quite as concerned as you might want. Players came but out. You can see the players come out now. There's a smile on the face when playing football. But a lot of times last season, the players were coming out and you only had to look at them. You know you won't lose. They were coming out with the reds down and out. I, I, I can understand what you're saying though, but when you're in a position where every game you've got to win, it puts a bit of a strain on you. And, it, and, and those dressing rooms are probably not the happiest dressing rooms. But yeah, the desire to win is always still there. It's just that you don't necessarily enthuse it and show it as much as you would if you was on a winning streak. Because with a winning streak, you get confidence. Yeah, well, Jonathan went back to the quote earlier on saying a lot of the players didn't want to be there. And they got They wanted to go. Yeah, so if they want to go, and they want to play so well. You only want players who want to play for Wigan Athletic. Because yeah. The last thing you really want is, is somebody in your squad. Who doesn't want to play? Who's not enjoying being at Wigan Athletic? Yeah. We don't want that, do we? As, as supporters, we don't want it, and, and certainly, when you're paying the wages, you don't want that. Sometimes, sometimes players can get over that and carry on and, 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 yeah. and come back from that. But ultimately, if they said they don't want to be here, then then you have to try and find a solution to that, and that's what we had to do in January. Well, this is what I'm saying now. It is better because it seems a second squad. The players look like they want to be together and they want to play. See, the unfortunate thing is, is we didn't have the comfort and the, uh, the 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 strength of a squad where we could have turned around and said, right, fine, okay, then you're not you know you're not producing the goods, you're not happy, yeah, stick with the youth team. We didn't play, you know, play, but we didn't have that luxury, did we? Not a big enough, big enough or good enough squad. So, at the end of the day, well, I, the players are human. I also remember reading a quote of Malcolm McCann when he came and said he had one of the biggest squads in the championship. I'm, not the size of it, but the, the actual strength in depth is, can he put 11 good players out? Because if you can't put oh, 11 good bad, players out... Why, why do we buy bad players then? 
Well, I don't think Malcolm they were McCarr bad. said he, he had one of the biggest squads in the championship. Yeah. I'd go saying there must have been a lot of bad players on that squad. Well, there was, wasn't there? That's why we said five of When you look at the players that we had in January, you tell me whether these are bad players. Sean Maloney, Callum McManaman, Roger Espinosa, yeah, well, Ivan Ramis, Oriol Riera, Andy Delore. Adam for sure. I mean, there's not many bad players amongst that lot. I mean, you, you, you might. You so it must go down to your manager and that. Yeah. That goes down to your manager. If your players are good players, Sean Maloney. Sean Maloney said he wasn't happy here. He went to America for a few months and now he's at home. But he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy at Chicago when he went to. So that's not necessarily the manager's fault. It, no. It's the, the managers. The, the players don't enjoy losing, and they were losing almost every week and we were bottom of the league yeah. it's, um, a, it's a spiral it's a spiral because well, a lot of them players yeah. just listed, didn't want to be playing bottom you look at Leicester City Leicester City with the same team pretty much were fighting relegation they fought relegation off and now they're at the top of the Premier League and everybody's looking thinking how on earth does that happen it's atmosphere in the squad you know we had an atmosphere in the squad where everybody I mean, I mean we, we only really got the human insight to it, didn't we, when Boise came in and said to us, he said he was turning up for work, and there's players on the phones there to their agents saying, get me out of here, and, he, and he's like thinking, you know, how on earth do you, do, do you cope with that in your workplace when there's people trying to get out? It's that, it's that any business, yeah. when any employee says to you that they don't want to be there any longer, you, you, you know, it's not easy to deal with that as an employer, especially when football is so unique that you need players performing to, to 100% on the field to get results. But anyway, that, I think that was last season. Yes, right? well that was last We all know what I happened last this season. This season we've made, as Paul back up, you know, the terrific changes since Garrett Caldwell picked up the reins. You should have seen Garrett Hill then, didn't you? Garrett Caldwell picked up the reins at the end of last season. We've made a massive number of changes, you said yourself. Probably at 60 changes mm. in the last calendar year. I t I take we're going it, in the right sorry, direction, sorry. Now, whereas last year we were going in the wrong direction. Yeah, I take, I take <laughs> it you're happy with Gary Caldwell as your manager then, you're not seeking to tap it up all the while it's available. <laughs> no, it's, I think Gary's doing really well. Yeah, yeah. Is, that, is he not available? The kit, man? Sponge, sponge man. <laughs> sponge man. Jose. Jose. Jose is available. Come on, kit, sponge man. Again, there's, there's a manager who's got the biggest of reputations and a squad of players with all the quality you could ask for and it's gone, it's gone toxic, they've gone in the wrong direction and he's ended up fired. That, that's what makes football so great, yeah. it's so unpredictable and there's no easy answers to, to these yeah. things. You know, you can be flying high one season as we were in the bottom three the next season. If it can happen to Chelsea, it can happen to Wigan Athletic as well. So. Right, anyway, have you been on your Christmas doing? Let's get down to brass tacks. <laughs> We've had a couple of Christmas dues. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good, good with it. Yeah, the, the was a pantomime, or was it a pantomime? <laughs> no, it, with, with football, because it's not really yeah. that kind of, you know, it's not a drinking culture, uh, as it were. Well, it isn't because there's, you know, there's yeah. training every. It every used to be, isn't it? Yeah, these days it isn't. So yeah, yeah, we've had. Um, We've had a couple of get-togethers, different parts of the business, different parts of the, the football club have got together, and, uh, but now it's all uh, focused on, on Boxing Day. I mean, the players actually train on, on Christmas Day, so they don't get much of a Christmas. Mm. So, Sheffield United on um, Boxing Day, is it? Uh, last time we played them, do you remember the date? 
It would have been the 2007 May or something. The 13th, were it? Yeah, the 13th, yeah. 13th I was stuck behind Mike the Mike Dean, referee. He was a good referee for us, Mike Dean, in, in certain situations. He was great that day, wasn't he? He, he refereed was against West Ham as well when we beat them. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was great that day, weren't it? Well, he gave us a penalty, which was it which was a penalty. Stonewall. Yeah. yeah. Sent off Lee McCulloch, I think, which was which was right as well. Very <laughs> 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 great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably, probably the, the the most nerve-wracking game I've ever watched as a fan. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, you felt sick in the pit of your stomach, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a long, long. But I don't know how many minutes it was at the end, but that was a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And watching Caleb Fallen run the ball down to the corner and then sprint back up to the halfway line and then just defending. They were magnificent, weren't they? Yeah. They all were. Ryan Taylor got, did he get carried off, Ryan Taylor? Yeah. He yeah. broke his leg. Yeah, I think. Ken Taylor didn't That was John Stead flying in as well, wasn't it? Was it John Stead and the old? Yeah. yeah. Should have been disallowed that. He didn't yeah. disallowed that one, did he? Anyway, what, why I mentioned that was Mick has got um, a Sheffield United preview for us of sorts. Now, for those who've not heard Mick's previews before, there's been very little football in this. <laughs> How dare you? Well, Anyway, over to you, Mick. Well, this week, Sheffield United, Sheffield, the city on the move. Does anybody know where that's from? Oh, come on. Well, that will let me Sheffield explain. City Council. That be it is Sheffield City Council, yes. Definitely. We'll, we'll they have a film But we'll come to that in a second. Sheffield United, do you know when they were formed? 1887. Yeah. No, 1889. <sighs> Alright. Now, they came out of the Sheffield United Cricket Club. Now, the Cricket Club had two football clubs on and they were the first ever team first ever sports club to actually incorporate United into the names I've only just started in New York in already <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't realise it was that bad so they were the first ever sports team to incorporate United into the name now the club have actually played at the same ground Bramall Lane since 1889 you can tell they moved in have a guess who moved out Sheffield Wednesday Sheffield Wednesday moved out correct yeah so the ground had also been used, as hinted in the last paragraph, as a cricket ground. But it was also the home of Yorkshire. Does anybody know when the last ever cricket game was actually played at Bramall Lane? Yeah. 1973. Mm. And it was actually Yorkshire against Lancashire. Mm. Yeah. Now, uh, going back to Bramall Lane, it is in fact, because it's been used ever since 1889, it's the oldest football stadium in the world. Yeah. Now, if we look at their achievements over the years, like Wigan, right, they've won a few things. Uh, they were the winners of the original, uh, the first league in 1898. Now, like Wigan, they've won the FA Cup, but unlike Wigan, they've won it actually a few times. They've won it in 1899, 1902, 1950, and 1925. And they haven't won a trophy since 1925. Well, since 1932, I'm expecting. So, now, here's one for you. In 1927, Sheffield United and Arsenal featured on the first ever radio commentary. Right? Back to square one. <laughs> <laughs> Put that one away then. <laughs> right? Now, the Radio Times gave out a map of the pitch numbered squares. And it started off as number one, where the goalkeeper was, number two, left back, etc, etc, throughout the pitch. So, it then led to the coining of that phrase, back to square one. Uh -huh. Do you know what that means, going back to square one? Going back to the beginning. 
right? and at the beginning I said shut up right? don't interrupt <laughs> now between 1975 and 1981 Sheffield United did experience a bit of a massive fall from grace and it saw them suffer multiple relegations until they found themselves in the old division 4 however 1981 um, they were at rock bottom but within two years sorry uh, yeah, within two years they've got themselves back up to the <coughs> Division 2. At the moment, at the time of writing this, Sheffield United have actually issued 35 current squad numbers. They've also got four non-numbered players as well. Now these are out of, um, five lads who are out on other clubs. The squad is made up of 20 English players, 8 Scots, 2 Irish and 1 each from Wales, Italy, Jamaica and Canada. Didn't they get promoted with us in 1982? They did. With Bradford, us and Bradford. Excuse me, this is my fault. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, previously we have mentioned football clubs' participation or their coincidental reference and acknowledgements in films, but all the news. Sheffield is no different. A good old Sheffield lad, Mr. Sean Bean. Does anybody know what he's standing? When Saturday comes. Well, yeah, but he, Golden he, Eye. He, yes, he did indeed, but we'll come back Sharp. to that. We'll come back to that. Sharp. Well, we were expecting the chairman to, to be available tonight, so we have one or two little things lined up from there. That perhaps that, <coughs> that, that character, was it not our chairman, great, 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 great granddad of some sort? But Sean Bean starred in the football film. When Saturday Comes. When Saturday Comes, right. He is a Sheffield United fan, isn't he? Right? A staunch Sheffield United, uh, United fan, is he? In that classic blockbuster, The Full Monte, the lead actor, right, <coughs> Robert Carlyle, was a Sheffield United top. So therefore, his best mate, right, Gaz, was a Sheffield... Wednesday. No, Sheffield Eagles, rugby league club top. Well, you've not. Right, no, I've not seen it. <laughs> you've not? You've not seen The Full Monte? Well, I don't watch some geezer strip, off me. <laughs> right, that probably, probably <laughs> think like that. He's got a point, mate. No, he has got a point. Right, okay. Then. <laughs> right, going back to the title of this little essay, A City on the Move, in the only credits of the film Full Monte, the suave guy from Sheffield City Council tells us that city, Sheffield is a city on the move. Now, what it's actually moved to, we don't really know. Right? But a transfer to the Gobi Desert was suggested by the inhabitants of Rotherham. Burnsley Folk advocated a move to the Outer Hebrides, but the city of Worksop put forward a move to Antarctica. And those lovely people from Chesterfield could not agree on a fixed destination, but they wished the Sheffield people would just bugger off anyway and do it quickly. Well, thanks for that, Mick. That was rather enlightening. Uh, we've got Sheffield United on Saturday. Last meeting was 13th of May 2007. Previously, we've played them. 16 times, we've only won 5, we've lost 7, and we've 4 draws. Uh, referee is Bobby Madley on Saturday, Premier League ref. This season, he's done 16 games, 13 of which has come in the Premier League, so we've got a good referee. Uh, si, have you got some odds for us, please? Yeah, I'll do, um, I'll cover this game and Fleetwood as well. Uh, so 5 to 4, the draw 23 to 10, uh, Sheffield United 11 to 5, plus goal scorers, a mixed bag really, a grid at 5 to 1. Billy Sharp, 11-2, Che Adams, 6-1, Yannick, 7-1, and an old face, Connor Salmon, at 17-2. Uh, 
Uh, correct scores: uh, one nil Latic to seven to one, and one nil Sheffield United nineteen to two. As is a two one Wigan win. And my tip of a two nil Latic win, so it won't be that. Is twenty one to two. Twenty one to two. Gaston interests that uh, odds for us as well, aren't you? Yes. Before the season started, the bookies opened the book from the favourites for promotion were. Sheffield United at seven to four, closely followed by Wigan Athletic, who are five to two second favourites. I wonder what the prices are now. Well, the prices are, and this has not been planned either. We're six to one yeah. to get promoted. Uh, well, to to win the league, to get promoted, we're eleven to eight, um, and it's Warsaw favourites at three to one to win the league. Burton seven to two, and Coventry eleven to two. So the bookies think Burton's going to slip up then, do they? Yeah, yeah. still back in back in Walsall. Do you want Fleetwood? Yeah, no, no, no. So it's it's uh, between now and then there'll be plenty of alcohol drunk and yeah. and we'll uh, we'll lose concentration. <coughs> over. Uh, enough to say that on uh, Monday we're at Fleetwood. Anybody going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Vast majority we all managed to get tickets, didn't we? we did, yes, we did. We did. No we caught by Krug, but we got them. Have we got some predictions? How do you think it's going to go, Mick? I think it's going to be. Uh, a good win, a good old win for Wigan. I'm going to say three points. Three 0 Jonathan, how do you think it's going to go Boxing Day? Uh, it'll be a tough game, close, very close to call. I wouldn't like to say. Sitting on the feet, can't do that. You're a Latics fan. You've got to say we're going to win. Well, obviously, I think we're going to win. Right, I'll do. Yeah, five 0 There's a lot of kids, ex keeper, looking like a sinister, steady nudge. You used to be a football team named after him, wasn't there? Yes. Yeah, did you play for him? No. No, I didn't tell him. Gareth? As Jonathan says, it, I think it's going to be very close. Uh, Sheffield United have, have won <laughs> the last two games, beating Coventry 1 0 and winning at Scunthorpe 1 0. So, they're on a bit of a run of form and we've been up and down. Draw would do me. Draw? Draw. Rob? Sheffield United are terrible there from all. They won the second away game of the season at Scunthorpe last time, mate, right? but they've been shocking other than that. Uh, good form's come at home. Uh, they'll have a big following here. I don't think that may come, that won't make much of a difference. So that's all that many tickets, have they? 2,000? Uh, more than that. Yeah, more than yeah. 2,000 they sold. Yeah, they're I, th- I think it's going to be tight. I'll just go with a 1 0 win. Oh, ye of little fish. Si? <coughs> you know yeah. Adam? 1 0 Wigan. Yeah. All oh, very close. Anybody from the audience wants to throw anything in? 2 0. 3 1. 2 Oh, I'll do it. So you get 3 and get 3 and then come on. 2 0 for me. Ben? 2 1. Al? Oh, no. Two nil, two one. Well, we, we always do well against these men at all, and I think we're going to be some four nil. We don't any doubt whatsoever. We're going to smash it. We're going to smash it. But talking of smashing it, get your guitar down. 
Now, we finish every week with uh, a song. Now, sometimes we have the Arctic Monkeys, sometimes we have Bon Jovi. We've been even known to have Bob Dylan. But tonight we're going to have the crew in the audience. Have you got some song sheets there for us? This is a song by Barry and Jan. And we've wrote this this afternoon. On the first day of Christmas, Donald Love said to me, Joe Parkinson in the fir tree. On the second day of Christmas, Donald Love said to me, Graham Barrow with a marrow, and Joe Parkinson in the fir tree. On the third day of Christmas, Donald said to me, Three points of Barnsley, Graham Barrow with a marrow, and Joe Parkinson in the fir tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, my almost said to me, Four nil of Burry, Graham Barrow with a marrow, and Joe Parkinson in the fir tree. On the fifth day of Christmas, my Donald will send to me five Jacobs crackers, four nil three points of Barnsley, three of Barrow with a barrel, and Joe Parky in the first On the twelfth day of Christmas, Donald will send to me. David Sharps said to smash it, Superman, Max Powers and Leaping, Yannick's on the run, Captain Morgan likes five drum, seven days for Craig Davis, six Chelsea's diving, five Jacob's crackers, Lord Hillary, three points of Barnley, Graham Barrow, Little Barrow, and Joe Parkinson in the that was hard work for me and Dan this afternoon to write it. You've, you've done us proud there, I think, Dan. Thank you, even though I didn't know the cards. So thank you very much, and I uh, wish you all a very merry Christmas and a happy and prosperous new year. I look forward to promotion in May. So it's a good night from me. It's a good night. Good night. <laughs>